So the world's passing away with all the different saviors that the world has accomplishments. Now I like to I like to watch sports. And I think it's impressive what people can do. But it won't save them. Sometimes it's scary how much people give up for something. And at the end of their life, they will have many accomplishments. They may be have a, they have won many things, but it won't last. The same thing with our academics achievements, our work achievements, and different things. If they just stand alone and they don't have anything to do with the will of God, those things will just fade away and won't last forever. But the objection would be then, shouldn't we do any good? Yes, of course we should do good. Yes, 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 we should live like Jesus lived. He did lots of good things. He met with the people. But the thing is that we should not desire what the world has for us. We should desire what God has for us. Because that's what he says. He's, He's making the contrast again, black and white. The world's black, God is white. God's will is white, it lasts forever. Black, the things of the world will not last. They will fade away. So yes, we should do good. Yes, we should be wanting, our lives should be centered about what the will of God is. That we will be abiding in God. That we will not live for our own fleshly things. That we won't live for our own glory. That we won't live for our own pride. But instead, see what Jesus has done. And by God and his Holy Spirit, live for the glory of his name. Humble that our sins could be forgiven. That we could be invited in to God's family. And we can give the glory to God and live for Him because He is eternal. We don't need to set our eyes on pride of the world but on who God is. So as I said, that the text today is actually really not hard to understand and this would be one of the texts where people would be, oh, like, this is not very that hard. It's, there's not so much mystery in it. But people would put, push back hard. Why? Because it's very easy to understand. It's very easy to be con- confronted with these things. But what about you? What do you hear in John's writing? What does it mean for you not to love the world? And here it could be dream, it could be dreams, things you really want, but maybe you should give them up because they're not what God has for you. Are you loving the world in this sense? 
Then John says the love of the Father is not in you. What do you in your flesh desire? And are you putting those things to death? Looking towards Jesus and trusting him instead? What are you eyes occupied with? Short note. Uh, pray for me and everybody else who was on the streets. We saw lots of things we don't need to, we don't want to have in our minds. So please pray for those things to go away. But what a great, what a great, for me, what a great um, reminder of things I don't want to see. Because sometimes they can be lo- you can be lured in on the internet or you're on the on TV. You're lured into seeing, seeing. Oh, maybe I should see this. But just a massive craziness yesterday. You're like, oh, oh, I really don't need to see these things. Um, pray especially for people that were there for the first time. They can get very overwhelmed by seeing those things. So, um, yeah, that was just in there. But what are, what are you eyes occupied with? And maybe you don't really know. I think in, I'm just. What is your screen time? If you have one of those phones that shows your screen time, what are you doing on your phone? What are you doing? When you're walking around town, when you're on different media, what what are you doing? Is it encouraging you to watch Jesus? Or the flesh? Or the desires? When you look at, at your, who you are, the Greeks would say your heart. Are you looking for the pride of life? You're looking for someone or you're looking for something that would ever elevate you over other people. What is your mind set on? I'm just asking these questions to maybe just have you ponder and think a little again because the question of teaching is what are you living for if this world will fade away and God's will last God's will will last forever what are we I was thinking in a money wise what, where, where are we putting our money like do we put our money into the darkness do we put our money towards the light of an eternity where will I put my time and trust and hope? What do we trust in? But but why, if John is saying these things, as he has been saying before, and he's writing these things to churches, then what is John trying to correct? Are they not living for God? Is, is What is happening here? Why is he giving these warnings? Well, John is setting up what's going to happen next week. He's setting up, like, 
these things you should not do because they will lead to false teachings also. And then he's doing what he's done in all of his letters. He's, he's describing and painting a picture of who God is, how beautiful Jesus is. And by writing, he is wanting the Holy Spirit to instruct these people that they will put their hope and trust in the Lord and not in what the world can give of, how you call it, um, accolade, um, titles, uh, different things. That They won't go after those, the pride of life. They won't go after what the lust of the flesh is or what, what they desire. But instead, it's a strong rebuke to them and to us that instead of putting a hope and faith and trust in the things that we see, then we instead will put a hope and faith and trust in the will of God. And that He will be our God. And that is Him we will put our hope and trust in. And not fleeting pleasures that are temporary. And so some people like John, some people don't like John. Maybe my personality likes him because I don't have much gray in me. And I think the world today won't like John at all because they would like to be a lots of gray in the middle where we can negotiate. That's okay. And that's actually, I think that was one of the slides that we had here. That this one from Matthew Henry that <laughs> some people, because the text is easy, they will start arguing, well, how much can I be focused on the love of the worldly things? And he's saying, no, that's not the point. Of, like, John's not, that's not John's point. No, the victory over the world has to be in our hearts and minds. And he's got to be rooted in there or else people will fall away. But yet these vanities are so alluring to the corruption of our hearts that without constant warning and prayer, we cannot escape the world or obtain victory over the God and Prince of it. So, so Matthew Henry is pointing to the things that John's pointing to that if we are like if we just put our hope and faith and trust in ourselves and just like just go after how we feel then we will be lured into darkness and away from God no instead we got to be so convinced that we are in God in Jesus in his love and mercy towards us that we continue to push this way like some people have said, it's like you always drift away. But how do we, how do we keep pushing towards this? And I think that's why John's giving this uh, stark warning: don't be these ways. To have us open our eyes and our hearts and minds to be like, there's a tendency for us to go after these things. Then we can argue why. Well, people would say, well, if Jesus was just with me, then I wouldn't do it. Well, we're talking about the Holy Spirit in us, the true presence of the Trinitarian God. And John says, I, uh, the Father and me will come and make our home in you. But he was like, yeah, but I can't touch him. Yeah, that maybe, yeah. 
but we actually maybe have something better. But I think we do need to understand it also better. That the Lord is in us. And we can say, well, I know we can be drawn this way. Why? Well, we see pain, suffering, and things annoying, and other people are annoying, and all those things. And again, we have to lift our hearts and minds to and see the cross and the empty grave that Jesus has conquered over those things. And also at the carnival yesterday, I talked to a friend I went with, well, I've been the same. I spent years drunk Thursday and Friday, just as drunk as those people. They couldn't stand on their feet, couldn't walk. Well, why? Well, because I was desperately lost, just like a lot of the people we saw yesterday. So when, but what changed me? Well, it was Jesus that changed me. And now I forgot my point, but and I think that was a good point too. But, um, but yeah. It's an easy text, but sometimes it's really difficult to hear. I'll just check these out. I think we are. Uh, oh, this one. I want I, I think that's also the last one. Yeah. <coughs> Whoever wrote this commentary, I think this really hits the hits the point of this culture even uh, even a while ago when the Beatles wrote All You Need Is Love a nice song but it's not exactly true because what is it that we love so John writes not John the people of this commentary writes contrary to much popular culture John realizes that love in and of itself is not the answer it matters what we love. Some love is sinful. We must love God, His Word, and His people. But we must not, must not, we must not, we must not love selfishness and sin. So the gospel of the world is: we just need more love. No, we need more love for God. Not more love for ourselves and depravity and sin. No, more love for God. And I think that's what John is telling us. Love for who God is. Because his... Because his will, what we do in his will will last forever. So just as we're closing, um, I don't want to remind people that the Bible's not a hammer and I'm not a construction worker. But the Holy Spirit is the one that pricks our hearts, convicts us of the things we need to change. So if you're here when I speak or anybody else speaks you hear I should just do better I should just just, just." well no that's over here in the darkness 
over here in delight and doing God's will is that I want to know God better. I want to know Jesus better. I want my heart's desires to be here. So that's our hope, my hope and prayer for us that this is what we go after. That has to be done by the Holy Spirit as we seek God. But let it, let it be our treasure that is here in who God is. Let's pray. Father, you are an awesome, amazing God, and um, and you created all things. So you, therefore, you know how all things work. You see each of us <coughs> exactly where we are. Um, you also give us the the, the text of First John. And uh, you give us this check to help us uh, give a, a CT scan or a scan of our, our, our of who we are and what we put our trust in. And John, and John's just really pushing it, and he wants us to put our hope and faith and trust in. In serving you and doing your will. So, Lord, as we're sitting here with our <laughs> our um, ourselves open to you and your Holy Spirit, I I ask you come and bring um, clarity of who you are of what you do and of what you have done in Jesus. And Holy Spirit, you would encourage us towards living our lives daily dependent on 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 your leading and guiding. You will deepen our joy and and um, treasuring and adoring of and worship of who you are, Jesus. And that all it will bring glory to you, God. We ask that you will come into it because you are able. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you mind continue to continue to say something? Or do you want me to continue? Okay, thanks.